What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Tier 1 Podcast. Today on the show, I'm joined by the owner of the Hungry Bear Restaurant in Meanwood in Leeds and the head brewer at said restaurant. And these guys have been friends for a very long time and we kind of just shared stories, had a conversation, half interview, half just, just shooting the shit. And um, I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun episode and it was great to catch up with the guys because I hadn't seen them in a little while. Before we get started, you can get the show on Spotify. Link is in the description. Same for Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, Stitcher. All that will be in the description wherever you uh, want to follow or listen. And here is the show. All right. James, Phil, thank you for coming on the show. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the things that I wanted to do for a long time. And you guys uh, are really kind of a dynamic duo in my head. So it would be cool to have you both on at the same time. Um, I guess we'll just kind of roll into it. Um, James, you kind of own the place where we're at now, the Hungry Bear. And, that, yeah. and, and, and Phil, you're like the head brewer here. So I guess we'll talk a lot about. <laughs> what it's oh, like plenty to... about beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots right. of... You just you tell me when to stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop. <laughs> but I guess it will kind of start with just your guys' kind of relationship and friendship. How, how did you guys meet? Um, like, do you remember meeting for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a long and intricate relationship. We met. <laughs> uh, it's got to be coming up to sixteen years ago at Birmingham College of Food, Tourism, and. Yeah, creative Cal- studies. Creative studies. Yeah. I was going to say childcare and development, but that was that was the other side <laughs> yeah, of the street. Um, yeah, met at uh, Catering College, um, and uh, carried on our, our differing paths, and uh, you know, we've been friends for a long, long time. And, so, uh, so you were both from Birmingham, is, is it? Midlands uh, originally? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Both from yeah. I was, I'm from near Solihull and. You're from Burton on Trent, yeah, there yep. or thereabouts. Mm. And did you always kind of know you wanted to go to like catering in college and that kind of thing? Or? I did. I'm not so sure about. <laughs> I'm not so sure about. I feel kind of flits from time to yeah. time. But yeah, it was. I just, I just, yeah, bored, bored of uh, sit down, being talked at. So I thought I'd stand up and be mm. talked at instead. And, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. How did you know it was kind of like the food stuff? Had you already had uh, interest in like cooking and, and that kind of thing? Or? Um, well, as, as far as I can remember, I mean, I, uh, it's always been what I wanted to do. I mean, even my first job was in uh, the pub across the road from me, you know, washing up and making sandwiches. Um, and since then, I've I've not been out of hospitality. You know, I, I trained in it, was working part-time whilst I was in college and, you know, just went straight into it uh, from, uh, you know, my college degree. Um, and then, yeah, just carried on, worked all different levels from, from, like I say, from pubs up to 2AA Rosette standards, um, stately home hotels to mission style restaurants and everything in between, you know, literally every single layer, layer of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been quite a, a long and interesting road to get us to here, but, um, yeah, it's been it's been tough, but a lot of fun. Uh, uh, there's not much I'd change. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and for Phil, were you quite interested in you know the catering side of things, or what was what uh, was your pull into it? Yeah, I'd never done uh, actual catering, but I like I knew I liked cooking. Uh, and then yeah, I think it was just a careers fair at school, and I just I thought the prospectus was the best. 
Okay. I, I like the colours. <laughs> <laughs> like, They're a great marketing department. <laughs> yeah, probably not a lot sitting down and I like the colours of the yeah. brochure, so I'm, yeah. I'm going for it. <laughs> awesome. So do you remember your first kind of meeting and your first interaction? Oh, is that too long ago? Or? Uh, uh, we actually, we didn't, we didn't meet straight away in, in terms of like, yeah. you know, we, did, we weren't like best of buds straight away. I don't think I, we even spoke for a, like a month or two. Yeah, but, not know, for a while. Yeah, I was doing like crosswords yeah. in the library. And <laughs> stuff, yeah. Reading the Guardian. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> being, being very sophisticated. Tight and slip, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I do remember a bit uh, when we were in the, uh, like the kitchen of the cafeteria a bit, where I think either you were singing System of a Down yeah, or I right. was singing System of a Down. Right, and then yeah. uh, as we were, like, walked past each other, <laughs> the other one just joined in. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that the bonding Why do angels that, that cry? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, Mark, yeah. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. I think we did. <laughs> yeah. like, that, guy, that guy's at least as cool as me. So, yeah. <laughs> so really cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing uh, pretty well. <laughs> so when, when did it kind of... Yeah, finished college and then what happened then how did you end up I mean I guess most people at that point go to separate ways but. well we did we completely diverged uh, Phil went and did ski seasons you know mm. ski seasons in France summer seasons uh, all over the shop and you know even travelled around Canada for uh, six months to a year which I'm sure it was a year, all, yeah, yeah, full, full year, year. Yeah, we'll um, that, yeah. and, and like I say I went and just straight into mm. straight into the work uh, I think one of my uh, regrets now is that I didn't take any time to do any like yeah. uh, sightseeing or travelling or whatever else I would convince myself I didn't need to um, but then uh, Phil moved back from Canada and uh, we had space in a house we were living in in Leeds which I'd moved up to uh, to live with a friend um, and whilst Phil was living with us uh, the the idea of opening somewhere came to me um, relatively quickly. Obviously, it was a background thing that we always knew was going to happen, but, uh, you know, the time was right. So uh, it was, like, always something that you were going to plan to do, like open up your own place then? Yeah, I mean, you never know what your what your end goal is. You know, you, you, you stay in fine dining or you, you do whatever or you... you, you go where the winds take you but um i think in the back of every chef's mind that idea of having your own place or doing your own thing i, I think is is more important you know like yeah. doing doing the menu that you want to do when you want to do it you know so that was, that was like always quite important to you then like having your own kind of Absolutely, piece of it yeah. it wasn't yeah. just like something that you were quite content to just work for someone else and do their thing yeah well I mean obviously when you're you're working in hospitality it's you are definitely you are back of house by definition and there's only so far you can go even if you're in like I say a stately home restaurant or you know you are part of a team that has either earned or retained a Michelin star then you know you still see the people that are at the top level of that and you know they're not doing that well, you know, like I'm sure the best of the best in that industry do very well in terms of, you know, their lifestyle or, you know, the bottom line cash, but right. they, you know, the life is so hard for so long. There is no end payout. You are just doing that. And it's uh, the uh, that dream of having something that you could call successful yourself is, you know, is obviously there, you know, if you want to, branch out have a life have a family as part of your your work then you know 
working 80 hours a week is not conducive to that. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. still doing 80 hours a week, but <laughs> at, least, at least now I don't get paid. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, some of the stories you've got from the Michelin star places. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. I was never at the, the top level like that for very long, you know, a year, two years, and then um, a, a few years in uh, different like AA rosetted places. Um but it very quickly becomes something that you either have to decide you're going to sacrifice your life for or you have to do something else because you know, it's, it's, it's too intense. Right. Yeah. So tell me kind of, I mean, you make it sound really kind of, oh, I finished catering college and then ended up working in these Michelin star places. <laughs> but sure uh, it's not, it's not yeah. far off that, to be honest. Mm. You know, I mean, um, I did do a, a degree course after college um, and you know, you don't need that at all, but, um, I wanted it so that if I was to get a bank loan for a, a property or a premises, then, you know, I would have that and I would have that yeah. backing, you know, in hindsight, I probably didn't need it to get it, but you know, I had it and it was <clears throat> fine. The whole, the whole process of getting funding and financing for a restaurant was a lot smoother than if I didn't have it. So there was that, but yes, yeah, like you the question you asked wasn't that at all, but um, yeah, going from... <laughs> was it from, just like a, a, you apply to a place and you just end up there? Yeah, or? yeah. And I mean, uh, most restaurants, I mean, I, I'm I'm as bad at it as anyone else. Most restaurants will hire you very quickly if you are, you can string a sentence together and you you don't look like you will steal from the place and, you know, you, you will give someone a chance because mm. there's a high turnover of staff. You know, I worked in a... Uh, a kitchen with a team of 18 chefs and in a year we went through 32 members of staff (laughs) so you know you talk about you know staff retention that it's non-existent you don't Mm. you don't have that so you know um if you want a job at a mission star restaurant just go ask for one (laughs) you will probably get it you know a bit of experience doesn't hurt you know a, a college mvq will not hurt at all but you know if you prove that you can get there at eight o'clock in the morning and stay there till midnight of that day, you know, you, you will, you will get your job. Yeah. And as long as you turn back up there every day, you will keep your job. And if you can stick it out and work there, you will become a very good chef very, very quickly. Mm. Um, why, why do you think there is such a high turner of stuff in, in because it's there? nuts in those places, man. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, like uh, the, uh, it's not as bad as it used to be 10 years ago, but there was there is no other job outside of the Marines that you will get some six foot two Scottish knobhead screaming in your face because you haven't prepped the scallops right. It's, it's right. minor, minor infractions and there's real, real consequences for that. And, you know, you could argue that it gets the best results and the the finest cuisine, but um, it's not how I do things. And I can't see how uh, the industry as a whole will stand for that sort of thing for much longer. Mm. Um, But yeah, uh, unless you have your heart set on either that premises or the, you know, the job itself or the, the accolades, then I don't, I don't think you can stick it out because why would you? You know, there's a lot easier ways to make money. There's a lot easier uh, easier days, easier lifestyles. You know, that's you have to live and breathe it in those restaurants. Um, 
and that's that isn't for everybody and it's my belief that it shouldn't be for everybody you know like you'll get a lot of high profile chefs that um, I don't know if you saw there's a few things going around on Facebook at the minute Marcus Waring's put something up that um, suggests that you know the the new generation of chefs isn't very good you know there's no work ethic there's no this there's no that the other, the other. and to a certain extent that's true but uh, why why should someone uh, that works in the UK that you know, lives and works here. Why? Why should someone work for eighty hours a week for twelve thousand pounds a year? You know, or maybe maybe eighteen thousand if you're in city centre London in those restaurants. Like, there's there isn't any reason or requirement to do that. Um, you know, I'm not saying I pay particularly well, um, <laughs> very well at all. But you know, I don't uh, take the piss when it comes to hours, and it's very rare any of my guys will work any over forty five hours a week. Um, and if they do, there's a very real reason why. And, yeah. you know, it's important for people to take that time off, take the breaks, you know, to, to recharge. I guess that's a, that's a massive role for you now, that kind of managerial role as well. I mean, had you anticipated how much of that would you would be doing kind of uh, on the front end when you were thinking about opening up the, the bar? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I assumed I was going to be a bit more... A pillar to post in terms of whether I was front of house or back of house or you know playing a managerial role or whatever I still find that uh, you know four days out of six I'll be in the kitchen and then I'll try and squeeze a couple of hours in the office in the afternoon and you know if, if someone calls in sick or we're short-staffed I'll do front of house but um, we've got quite good support out front at the minute and you know I'm not a waiter I'm not a particularly good waiter um, you know, I can, I do well speaking to customers and interacting with customers, um, but uh, my my place is in the kitchen in that yeah. room and for the most part. Yeah. Um, so it's it's where I, where I do quite well, and we we have a lot of like um, fluctuation with job roles, especially because obviously Phil needs to brew beer for th- three or even four days out of the week, and you know sometimes he has to run the kitchen or run the entire restaurant when I'm not here and you know it's uh, you know there's a lot of responsibility in changing job roles so it's um, yeah and the the, the fluctuation and uh, difference between the two things it's you'll go home and you think you've done the same day like Groundhog Day a million times mm. but you, you never have the same day yeah. twice here it's mm. quite strange is it do you sometimes miss just just the simplicity of just well, and I say it's simplicity in a very loose loose way there of just being in the kitchen and chefing. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do a lot. Um, there's you know there's different levels of responsibility. You know, you still have a job to do and you still have uh, you know targets to meet and that sort of thing. But um, uh, it's a quieter life in lots of respects. You know, mm. you 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 never really off when you own a restaurant. There's always. Uh, a supplier calling you or you need to be about for whatever reason or you know even if just someone you know is coming to the restaurant to eat you know that you yeah, are friends right. with you feel like you, you need to be there and you know I yeah I don't think you've had a day off where you've not been in yeah, at one point in about yeah. four years or something. Yeah, I mean that's part of the reason why we close Mondays just so I don't physically yeah, have to have to the door in. like it's so. <laughs> right <laughs> but when it, it is part of you you know like that's you know, we built this restaurant from the ground up and did 
anything that wasn't structurally integral, we did ourselves, you know, like Phil scraped the architrave off all the beams upstairs. You know, we have, we have, we've yeah, laid these stones day. and the, I think the personality of the place comes through as a very individual um, experience. So I think, you know, having that as a representation of you is, uh, does uh, you f- feel like you, you know, any negative trip advisor is aimed at you. You right. feel like any positivity is aimed at you. And, you know, like um, if, let's say if someone doesn't like the, the bottle of beer they had, then, you know, that weighs quite heavily on, on Phil. And, you know, the same for if uh, someone sends back a meal, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a gut punch. But Yeah. Well, I just wanted to uh, go back a little bit because um, I think that was really important what you were saying about how, you, like, you guys really did, like, I remember seeing this place, obviously, before it opened, you guys working on it and what it looks like now um, compared to what it was then is, 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 is just insane. How did... Um, how did you come about finding this place and I'll maybe even go a bit further back and like when did the concept of I want to open my, my own place become the actual you know first practical step uh, well <laughs> <laughs> let's just say it was a, a rather boozy evening yeah. um, and we were just having a a proper, a proper man-to-man chat, me and Phil, and you know, I'd been, <laughs> been uh, <laughs> yeah. sort of like five o'clock in the morning conversations of how you know I was going to have to grow up and uh, sort something out. You were uh, may, may have been cigars involved. Oh, maybe <laughs> spice, some spices, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> menthol cigarettes. Yeah. All over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, and then. From that, I went to do a breakfast shift. Yeah, he said it was the day after. Two AA rosettes, and I was just in there, just like, "What is this nonsense? Why am I like up at six in the morning? You know, doing doing this when I could uh, doing this for somebody else? You know, it's uh, there's there's no no need. It didn't uh, it didn't hurt that the uh, the place the hotel I was at had been like you know dangling this promotion in front of my my face for about oh, six really? months to a year and it's just like you know after after a certain amount of time you just get bored of waiting for someone else to hand you things and you you have to do it yourself um which you know it's, it's something that i've taken with me it's it, i i never promise anything to a member of staff that i'm not sure i'm going to give them um you know i never promise a pay rise unless it's it's gonna happen it is there there's nothing nothing worse for staff morale than them being told they're gonna get something and then not get it it's like it's it's getting people leave you know i left yeah um but you know in terms of conceptualization or what we wanted to open i don't think we really knew until, no, yeah, until the place was evolved it? so you really just kind of threw yourselves at it and made yeah. it on the way Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And my wife hated me for it every <laughs> yeah, step of the yeah. way. She's like, she's completely different to me in a lot of ways when it terms of the the preparation and organisation. Right. And you know, they'd have they'd have been mood boards and charts <laughs> and stuff. And I was just like, I was just buying buying the cheapest paints and slapping yeah, it on, yeah, and yeah, just it giving them to me. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah sound yeah. yeah. <laughs> looks great. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so you just left the job. Like it was just like, I'm yeah, leaving. not straight away. Yeah. I mean, like I, it, well, it was it was quick. I mean, from you know me having that idea to yeah, um, yeah, yeah. letting that you know, going down to part time so that five days a week I can literally work on a premises I think it was about six months maybe yeah, yeah, about maybe, s- yeah. there's a few months of you doing the theory stuff while I was still yeah. Yeah, 
working and we'd sort of meet up in the middle of the day and uh, say what was what was going on and where what you're at, uh, yeah, and where, where yeah. they're at. So I was sort of, you know, I knew I knew we were going to be moving on it mm-hmm. um, reasonably quick. But yeah, what James is good for is just like I'll sort of have an idea and where I would have an idea, wait a couple of weeks and see if I still thought it was a good idea, and then maybe start, you know, making a plan of how I was going <laughs> to do the idea, and then slowly get the stuff to all of the things together, and then start doing the thing. James will just be like, right, I'm doing this, and then the next, you know, end of the next day, mm. it'll be pretty much done. Yeah. Some people would call that dangerously reckless, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not the good kind. Yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I mean, you were still, you were really quite young when, um, I mean, still, I guess, but, uh, you know, when you, how old were you when you... Um, doors up? doors open, I was 24. Yeah, so that's crazy. Yeah. So, so you were running a, a full, you know, restaurant with a full staff under yeah, you. And yeah, it, it was, it, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel young. Uh, I feel, I feel the same age now. I'm a bit creakier. I have less hair, but, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel 24 still. Um, but... <laughs> You know, it is weird opening a business at that age. You know, you you really have to struggle to be taken seriously. You know, like uh, we went to the bank for a loan and, you know, the bank manager exclusively talked to my dad the whole time, uh, you know, and uh, we, you know, dealing with suppliers, you know, every, every single one of them was like, oh, you're so young to be opening a restaurant. It's like, yeah, but... The money's not young. Like yeah. I'll still be paying yeah, yeah, the same. same. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there there is a an element of assumed naivety when it comes to that sort of stuff. But does that kind of almost benefit you in a way as well, though? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a, a benefit or a, a detriment. You know, <laughs> it, is what it, is. it is what it is. You know, you you uh, you do your own work. There there isn't any anything to hide behind in hospitality i mean we were actually talking about this yesterday there's you know uh you can make a mistake and send a meal out that isn't the best that you can do and you know that person says oh well that wasn't very good you know there isn't you don't hide behind a reputation you have one person eating a meal or drinking a beer or having a glass of wine if it's not up to scratch they'll know it's not up to scratch and you know the fact that you've run a restaurant for five years and worked in the hospitality industry for 15 years counts for absolutely nothing you know the the, the old saying is you're only as good as your last meal and mm. it's mm-hmm. true it's true um, and how how did um, I mean was this place like where we're at kind of just on your radar were you, were, you, were living quite close for you and stuff or? Uh, yeah in Leeds I mean we couldn't afford anything in the city centre we couldn't afford anything in Headingley mm-hmm. um, we we opened this restaurant with a budget of £60,000 which is you know it sounds like a lot of money but it's nothing you know uh, when got we got all, yeah, I mean, scratch, pretty much. You, know, you can buy one oven uh, one catering oven for twenty thousand pounds. You know, it's like mm. that's not what we spent. We got all of our kitchen equipment for, for seventeen thousand pounds, and it very much showed. I mean, we were a little bit over budget, but you know, we the the premises. Like I say, we we did everything ourselves. We got a bit of rent free period for for the fact that we completely renovated a completely knackered building. But uh, I think they probably should have paid us for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know the. 
mean words been up and coming for about five years it's about <laughs> yeah. it's nearly up and come now but you know there's a few more places <laughs> yeah, open yeah. within the last year there's been a few more places open there's a lot more interest yeah but, it feels like yeah, more yeah. people yeah. around yeah. we've been holding on here for for four or five years but you know the 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 area is great it's it's mm. it's beautiful it's it's really nice to to be around it's got a lovely park the housing is there yeah yeah there's um, a lot here isn't there? you know it's the the classic the, the waitrose effect you know there's one over the road and I don't know if you're allowed to say that other supermarkets are available but then uh, uh, you know yeah with, the, with the park and it's got that uh, one of the best schools, hasn't it? One of the really, like, really yeah. yeah, top well, primary school in the country. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah really oh, well. Well, yeah, no, it's, a, it's a cool place, me, especially nowadays with with everything open. We've also got more bars and stuff opening now. But um, I guess it is really cool to have a place like this, which kind of does. Well, you got drinks, of course, but also the food element, where um, you know people can come eat now and go mm-hmm. to. What, four or five different bars in Meanwood. Yeah, it's that night yeah. out destination yeah. rather than just you have to come. You have to come here for either a drink or a meal. Yeah, you can and do everything. To... You don't need to go anywhere else. You know, yeah. you, don't, you don't need to go into Chapel Alton or into into Leeds Centre. Yeah, I, I think it's a really cool location. Actually, I mean, yeah. you got it's easy easy to park. Like you just park up in yeah. the different. Yeah, things. I mean, it's, there's there, there are um, there are issues with the location in general. I mean. Um, having a restaurant that's over two floors can be uh, a bit of a challenge but you know we turn the bar into a turn the downstairs into a bar as and when we can and we turn the uh, keep the upstairs for purely a la carte dining and it, it works quite well it's quite well and um when um when did you find well i guess when you were you know in the process of opening did you find did you get any big setbacks or anything or anything that comes to mind oh so many (laughs) so many yeah it was crazy I mean we we were gonna we were two weeks away from opening and we still didn't have uh, a three phase electric supply Uh, and we'd done everything we were just waiting for this three phase and they they ripped up the front of the street two weeks before we opened and you know completely destroyed everything we'd made out front you know like like the the frontage of the restaurant was completely knackered and we just had to do it all again oh like, yeah to repaint yeah. it yeah, re- redo yeah. everything yeah. it was like you know it was like oh you'll be compensated I think we've got like 112 pounds you got, yeah you got a, a day's free labour yeah. from yeah. them yeah. yeah it was nuts yeah. uh, and we also had to rip up the kitchen floor to get the three phase into the building there's so many things that like oh man what have you you've put a floor down that's crazy that's nuts I'm like no we need a floor <laughs> You need one of those. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> got places to cook. <laughs> Float around the place. Yeah, yeah. So it was. It was so last minute. I mean, like there wasn't huge amounts of setbacks. We we did. We did okay, considering we were looking back on it now. We were. We were flying in the wind a little bit for a couple of. But for most of it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just. It was that bit where we'd. Uh, it was like the day before opening, and we got all the tables and stuff in upstairs, and we were just finishing off the painting around the, the walls on the bar and stuff and then um, uh, a friend Hugh had been helping us uh, do some bits and pieces sort of walked in while well, we had empty floor but just uh, uh, mapped down with the different paint cans on that we were using for the day just touching up the pieces we just w- walked in and within four seconds of being in the building just booted this uh, <laughs> navy blue 
uh, can of paint all over the floor, which I think I think you know the only thing that stopped us from yeah just just crumbling was that we'd with the day before we'd sealed the stone floor oh, in right, with, yeah. yeah with, with the yeah that would have, that would have completely ruined yeah, the floor so, like. yeah it all it all came up but it was just it was just that that moment of like everyone just stood there going. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, we're just like, uh oh, this is awful. I guess we're not friends with you anymore. <laughs> no, we should. Yeah, 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 never pays. <laughs> never pays for a pint. Yeah, yeah. Never, everyone makes mistakes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did your guys' friendship change over the course of going through all that? Well, we're just not friends anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> no, it's, it's resisted. Fairly well, I think yeah, it's, it's sheer bloody minded. This really, and we drink a lot, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever whatever yeah, happens, yeah. we can knit yeah. it together with a couple Fr- of beers. friends that drink together and all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we like we've had a few conversations over the years, and uh, we've, mm. we've we've done remarkably well as keeping uh, our friend friendship relationship separate. Yeah, so it ekes in, you know. We're trying to get the guys to be serious in the kitchen, and we just end up pissing about more than anybody else. It's an absolute stupid jokes, <laughs> giggling around the place like seven thirty on a Saturday night, and like, yeah. <laughs> we've got like uh, one of our young apprentices just being like, well, you, "You two, get it together, just yeah. calm yeah. it down, just calm down. Yeah. We've got yeah. stuff be to serious, do." Serious, <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure, sure, everybody. <laughs> See, if I like that old adage of you shouldn't kind of set businesses up with your friends and stuff didn't really hold hold true. Um, I think if you know, there's if 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 you're talking about money and like leaving that into the situation, then yeah, that that can be an issue. But we never we never we didn't do Wasn't that, that, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah luckily we not neither of us have any money. No, so. yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. We could be both poor together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fine. Um and yeah, I mean it wasn't necessarily a conscious choice to keep money out of the equation, but no, uh, it was just just the, the way it fell, wasn't yeah, it? I'm so, not fussed and, and it's yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's I think that that if anything has kept things a lot easier because you don't you don't have that secondary problem that does affect your own life you know like if if someone fucks up and you have to throw 10 stakes away or whatever you're not thinking oh that's that's my money going in the bin or like you're both not thinking that there's that there isn't that level there so i think Mm. you know and deciding where the responsibility lies and in that respect is is quite useful as well you know if if you know so it's come come quite naturally over time, and mm. it just just well, I think some things, things do, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, you're so. better at some things. I'm better at some things, yeah. and we just sort of we both yeah, the jobs tend to get like filtered out quite quickly. I mean, I I don't do anything that's remotely creative on paper. I just you know Phil does every single menu and types out if, if the you know glorified secretary or not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Personal assistant. <laughs> yeah. He's got my specs on him. His yeah, sexy yeah. jacket. Yeah. <laughs> killer heels. Yeah, killer heels. Like, tell me, tell me what you need. I'll yeah. get it done. So, was the plan always for Phil to be like the kind of head brewer here and and do all the beers? Or, or had your role not been kind of? Well, yeah, because I think um, I'd I'd been. I think I'd done like. Two home brews uh, when we were start starting to set set this place off. If, if if even that, I think I'd just been, I think I'd got the kit from a, from a birthday or something, and um, 
Um, but I'd done uh, during this year in Canada. Um, my friend Steve had, uh, as soon as I got out there, had got got a homebrew kit, and we'd, uh, he he was making the beers, but I'd sort of helped him do a bit of bottling and uh, like capping and stuff like that, and just seen seen what he was doing, and then got to drink the results. I was like, this is <laughs> this is so much nicer than what you know what I was drinking before I came out here. Um, but I think you know, I think he was just quite good at it. But then we also tried a lot of craft beer in uh, Canada, and uh, while we were traveling around, and sort of sort it out. And then by by the time, oh, just to, just to, Steve that he's talking about is is one of the head brewers for Brew uh, uh, Beaver Town. So oh right. so, yeah, okay. it's legit. It's legit. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a proper. I don't, I don't know what 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 position he's in, but he's he's certainly uh, yeah really uh, he's done done his done his time. He's he's, he's very. Uh, very knowledgeable about the subject, but I try not to try not to pick his brains too much. Of, uh, but but yeah, so I basically start, started with with uh, with that and just sort of helping him, and then um, <clears throat> when I came back, got the kit for my birthday, decided I'd want to have a have a go at it. Uh, had a couple of experimental trials, and then while while James was uh, you know James came up with the idea of opening this place, and then maybe a month or so later when I was going on about uh, the homebrew I was trying to do. He sort of said, oh, well, shall we try and do our own beers? Um, and sort of thought, you know, mm. golden ticket there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah let's do that. Peter's <laughs> interest at that point, you know, I mean, um, normally when you open a restaurant, you would get, uh, you would get a, an independent place like this, you know, a small independent place, you know, 30 cover restaurant, whatever. You would normally have uh, a chef and a front of house manager they would open it together they would both chip in they would both you know it'd be both of their places and you know that uh, responsibility lays on both of them equally so uh, you have someone that's front of house that cares as much as the front of house as someone in the kitchen that cares so much about the kitchen you right. know the, the, uh, whatever the dynamic is is what it is but you have that responsibility on both sides so you know I didn't have that I didn't have um, someone who you know, was able or someone that I, you know, I trusted to do that um, there. But you, you certainly need someone that you can trust implicitly, like whether it's with your money or, you know, handing the keys over to your premises or, you know, anything like that. And that was really important to me. So, you know, um, and having a, a unique selling point of a restaurant that brews its own beer, um, you know, is is something that I was immediately interested by. I guess, you know, these things just happen, don't they? You don't, you don't set off. I wasn't 10 years ago thinking, oh, well, I'd like to open a restaurant that also had a microbrewery in it, you know. Right. You know, I, mm. we both had an interest in it and, you know, certainly have an interest in drinking beer. So it's, uh, mm. it's niceness. It's good. Uh, good for that. So you kind of, the restaurant's kind of five years on now. And mm-hmm. um, is it kind of what you expected, expected it to be when you were on that first day? Oh, oh, well, maybe not the first day because I imagine you were very busy not thinking what it was going to be in five years. Oh, but. Yeah, that was, a, that was <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, yeah. The first day we were soiling ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I talked from about three o'clock. I was just like, I was just tight-lipped, just yeah, humming with nervous. Yeah. Um, no, it's certainly not what you know. The restaurant now isn't what I envisaged pre-opening, but mm. I don't know how that would look to be honest anymore. You know. Um, uh, looking back at some of the old menus that we had um, from from day one, and they were you know like single single page menus of you know 
a, a range of classic dishes to you know modern French whatever else. Uh, and amazed, we, we stayed open as long as we did at those first things. There must have been people were really interested in the uh, the concept, but uh, you know, we've um, we really have developed into somewhere that um, feels as close to what I want to do as you're you're pretty much able without huge amounts of money to support that. You know, it's it's not the not the fantasy of the perfect restaurant, but you know, we we, we get a lot out of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In terms of the quality of the food that people get and the standard that we've achieved, you know, I am I am proud of it. Um is it as profitable as I would have liked? No. <laughs> but is anything ever as profitable as you like? But yeah. um but yeah, I mean I think we've always just been trying to do the best that we could. Yeah. Whether whether or not we've talked about it is just you know, every, everyone here is just trying to do the nicest possible thing that yeah. they can yeah. and then yeah, just sort of seeing where it lands. But yeah, there are some like strict parameters in terms of the, the, the output that we can give, you know, the, the equipment that we've got is rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we've got the tiniest amount of space in the world, you know, we're yeah. trying to do like, like we did 80 covers last Saturday and you know, we've, there's barely room to swing a cat in there, you know, it's mm. Um, I've never worked in a kitchen that's uh, that I considered big enough, but um, this is really small. <laughs> and Phil, do you feel like um, since those kind of first initial two micro brewery kind of stuff you did at home brewing kits, how far have you come now? Like, because you've done must have been hundreds now, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How so many beers have you done now? Uh, I think. I'm on 324 something like that so I try try and do like a special one that uh, what are you going to do when you get to 420 (laughs) (laughs) we'll see what's legal just going to do do my job it's barely legal now yeah yeah yeah, just um, it's been yeah I mean I'm interested in every single beer that I've made because um, for for the most part I'm Sort of, I'll, if if everything's going to plan, I'll just sort of tweak one thing per beer because because most of the time we're just making sort of four and a half five percent pale ales because that that on a tap will sell as the the main beer and that it, and as well it should because uh, it's the most it well it's probably the one that goes best with most different foods and uh, it's just yeah thirst quenching but tasty and that sort of thing but. Um, yeah, I've just I've tried my hand at a few different uh, styles over the over the years, and um, yeah, it's it's more the system I've been trying to sort out, as in um, sort of going by beers uh, as I make them, seeing what works and what doesn't. Uh, mostly with the pails, but with with all the different styles, sort of stick to. Uh, I like wheat beers, so I make a few of those. I like stouts, uh, so I tried a few of those. Um, and IPAs, obviously, and just sort of seeing seeing what works best when I'm tweaking things rather than trying to change everything each, right, each it's beer. A, it's a refinement process where you find what's worked well and then you yeah, think, yeah, oh, yeah. let's tweak this and keep everything else the same. And see yeah, it. that's the thing right. that's gone through the years is, is just, sort of right this works i'll keep doing this this works i'll keep but the this turnaround is so it. so long like this from boiling the making the brew to drinking it 
Yeah, if you're bottling couple, it, it can be months, two, three months, two or three months. Yeah. So right. in terms of like tweaking a recipe, so you have to you keep know. like a lot of notes and stuff. Or? Oh yeah, I've yeah. got yeah, I got reams of reams <laughs> of notes. But it's 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 much much easier now because um, at the start we we were just doing the the swing top bottles, um, but as uh, we've sort of got a couple couple of years in. Um, and uh, got the keg system set up, so we got one one draft tap, and then uh, a year later got the second draft tap in, so I could sort of alternate things. And we just we you know we built 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 that up as we were going, and sort of tried to sort of figure out what what we'd need to get that going, and then do it all at once, so we weren't uh, sat with half half a tap on the bar. And but um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, uh, but yeah, at the start, all of the beer was bottled, so there was about two or three months between me brewing it to seeing what had happened, basically. So and, yeah. and then trying to piece together the stuff that had gone on in between. So that's quite a tough process, though. Kind of like try to remember like what stuff was like two months yeah. ago, and then be like, right, I need to tweak these kind of things. Yeah. And then, so, oh, and this, two months again, it's like. Yeah. But look, luckily yeah. at the start, it was sort of oh, this bottle. Is exploding. So where, 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 where I do need I throw to this? Not or? explode. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've uh, yeah, burnt, burnt all of my arm. Yeah. Yeah. Is I mean, that breweries normal? making lots of different styles is a relatively new thing. You know, like um, oh yeah, sorry. For the uh, for the most part, you, you know, you'd have like Erdinger would make wheat beers, or uh, you know, Bass would make you know bitters. You know, that's this idea of breweries making a full range of different beers is a relatively new thing you know i mean mm. like a lot of it's with with brew dog and you know that that push towards craft ale i only say brew dog because that was the first popular craft yeah, ale yeah, revolution yeah, big, big that brought it through which you know they they brought a lot through um yeah it, yeah i think um sort of having uh having the complete range each each style of beer it might follow the same process as as one before but at the same time it could be you know you need to do completely different stuff with it and it has uh, a different method of making it than say a normal pale mm. if, it, if it's something a bit uh, you know something about doing this podcast like um now because i listen to a lot of podcasts still i almost listen it to it from the perspective of the person asking the questions mm. and it almost like changes the way i'm like i think more about almost the question that they've asked than the answer that someone will give yeah and uh is that similar for you like do you think a lot about when you drink a beer now do you th- sometimes think oh it was oh, like, yeah, made yeah, yeah. this way or like yeah. or, like i wonder how they did got this kind of taste or yeah ab- texture, ab- you know? absolutely it's the same with food when we well i don't, I don't know about you, but when, yeah when first first started doing catering cooking uh sort of eat something go wow this is really nice um mm. how 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 have they made this and can I could I replicate it? Yeah, you can't go to a restaurant now and not pull everything apart. Yeah, even yeah, subconsciously, you're just like, oh, they've got they've got four members of staff there, two behind the bar. Right. But there's only twenty people sat here. So yeah, that, that's 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 doing the way over staff. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are going to be bust in a week. And <laughs> <laughs> so he's just kicking off. <laughs> you just look at me while you eat dinner, please. <laughs> what? <laughs> so do, do you find? I mean, I guess. Do you feel like drinking more beers is part of your job now as well? Well, that, yeah, since since since, uh, since uh, started doing this, yeah, just drinking beer has become 
research purposes for, course, for my that. job. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I have to do plenty more of it than I, than I used to. But <laughs> Do you get to that's... claim back his expenses on the beers? <laughs> no, all, all money is lost. <laughs> yeah, 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 James, I have to drink yeah, many well beers than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's long gone that. But yeah, um, yeah no, I, I, I generally do... Uh, sometimes you know on the rare occasion i'll try and be like oh do you know what i think the beer i've got on at the moment is comparable to that or you know in in some some cases i've tried to be and gone you know what i think my beer is better at the moment than that mm. than that beer but you know most of the time with with uh, yeah most of the beers i try it's like that is amazing i don't know how they've done it i'm you know i'm just going to keep keep going maybe you know maybe they've uh, how, how did they get those flavors in there mm. Uh, what temperature are they mashing at? What you know? How big's their setup? What, as it were, but yeah, just, <laughs> loads, loads of different questions. Questions <laughs> you're asking. Yeah. So, um, do you feel like you've still got loads to learn? Then, or I mean, does I, it feel like you kind of the the thing that I've got to is that after yeah five five or six years or so, is that I think I now have a realistic impression of where. I am in the you know in the scale of brewing, and it is it's it's not high, <laughs> but I think you know I'm I'm at a reasonable stage where I can fairly confidently make a pale ale, make a stout, what have you that that you know I'm no I know isn't going to explode. Mm. I know it's not going to you know be uh, you know taste weird or whatever. I can I can do the basics now, yeah. Uh, but then it's just you know you get more of an appreciation appreciation for the people that are doing this crazy you know the crazy beers where they've gone so far past that that they they already know everything there is to know about that and now they're trying to invent something new yeah but they're not doing it in the the upstairs room of a repurposed solicitor's office like you know <laughs> we're doing 75 yeah, yeah. liters per batch and it's uh you know it, it is just in someone's bedroom essentially yeah it's, uh, it's a bit nuts I, I, I don't sleep there <laughs> <laughs> well one time kick you out and <laughs> scram and does it excite you like the how far you can take it take it with how good you can get like you know oh yeah well, it's, 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 same with the food i think i just I, I want to be able to make you know beers that people get, pick it up and go all right fair enough that's that's very well made i just I, you know i, I can see um how you know some some people uh have have got to that point and are leading the charge in the craft beer market and and I've, I've never replicated or copied anyone's beers or method or anything like that it's just I've, be, I've I've done it as well as I can do it over time and just made uh, you know made a silly amount of mistakes that don't necessarily all come at once but over time you sort of realize that all right, this does uh, this, don't do that. Yeah, Phil you know. only ever learns by mistakes. You, yeah, just, you just literally can't, you can't tell him anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> Pave the road with my failures. Yeah. The, he was going yeah. for the uh, yeah, Thomas over. Edison method of uh, making yeah. 100. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make, make 100 if, if one works, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. it was all worth yeah. it. Yeah. He's got light bulb then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is that yeah. your kind of... do Because you, you still do stay in the kitchen and stuff. Do you feel, for yourself, are you... In yourself, are you more... Is the brewing stuff your main thing, and, and that's where you want to go forward? Or uh, is is the chefs, you know, actually cooking the food? You, you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say brewing certainly. If yeah, if I was to choose one path, it would it would be that. But I wouldn't have got onto brewing without cooking, and mm. uh, yeah, and, and but but the the cooking, I sort of do brewing 
three days of the week and cooking two days of the week usually. So it's it is nice because it's just the room upstairs. Um, that's you know not a big room. Uh, it's I I do you know I really enjoy uh, having my own space to work and just sort of tinkering about in there and doing you know, what I need to do and uh, see seeing what happens. But then also being in the kitchen and getting back into the the sort of running motor of things and yeah jumping back in as a as a as a gear and you quite in enjoy that engine yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 nice to nice to have the change of scene and also just to be yeah interacting with other people of course, yeah yeah and, uh, more regularly so yeah I think if I did five days up in the brewery I'd end up coming <laughs> it yeah, would get a bit weird probably yeah. too much classic FM yeah a lot of, a lot of classic <laughs> FM a lot of radio does that help the uh, creative process as well, well? you think so but yeah, yeah. <laughs> takes takes too long for the creative process to show itself so it's just yeah. it's more I just know lots just of classic music classic <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is, I mean, is there a? Does it feel like there's a quite a bit of a creative element to the, to the? Um, does it? Do you feel like you can um, have your own style of it? Like you know? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I think I think um, a lot of it. You know, it could it could be water profile in the place that you're making the beer. So you've got to make that work for you and uh, your preferences to how you like beers to taste some people like them sweet and malty and uh, sort of low levels of hops but some people like clean crisp dry golden you know really hoppy beers and uh, some people have have preference anywhere in between that, right. that scale it's, just, it's just pretty much pails, perfect for phil because it's like it's creative but, but in very very yeah, strict, strict parameters, parameters, yeah, parameters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you've only got yeah. four ingredients to play with unless you're going to be yeah. wanging raspberries in or whatever else but <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, you know and you do have to stick to yeah there's, to there's it's, it's creative but there's rules basically yeah there's <laughs> guidelines so creative with the rules yeah, you can't, can't get too crazy with it yeah well, that's yeah. some of the best thing i think there's a guy i really like and i probably mention him almost every podcast i do uh, called uh, jocko jocko willink mm-hmm. there's this uh, phrase called discipline equals freedom and like the mm-hmm. Sometimes the you get the uh, you just have a thousand options. You end up picking none of them. And but yeah. if you've got you know you've got your parameters <clears throat> set, you can start to really tweak the finer details and the the finer things. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, you sort of go. I know, I know I'm making a pale ale today, so I'll need around this much of each different thing. But you know what happens if I take you know add more oats or uh, take some wheat out or. Add, add hops at this stage rather than later on in the process it's quite it's all it's all just because it's uh, a, a long process compared to cooking where you start it within 10 minutes you know you've done the thing you set out to do most of the time with beer you start it and then a month and a half later you, you're trying it and going okay that that's what I was trying to do or uh, actually you know this this one isn't quite where I was going but yeah I think um yeah, it's it's all uh, I forgot what I was on about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask as well. Do you guys like have a discussion of what might work well on the taps compared to uh, like what would um, work well food wise? Yeah, yeah, we, do, we all the time, but yeah, Phil, yeah. Phil completely ignores me every every <laughs> oh, single yeah. time. Oh, yeah, I've got no time. <laughs> That's a great idea, James. But I like, do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, one of the taps always this, has yeah. to be between four and five percent pale, and one yeah. of them can be a little experimental, a little even like, go crazy <laughs> with the hops or whatever. But keep yeah. it around, and then like I'll turn around, there'll be an eight point two percent wheat <laughs> pale. Like, yeah, yeah, I couldn't get any more hops in this (laughs) six percent dunkelweizen or whatever else you know but 
sometimes sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't work you know like you'll get some weeks you have more drinkers in some weeks you have more diners you do you do whatever and you know we um we can have a play around with the the kegs that we've got and you know if we had a load more kegs we could you know could fit a lot more it's just some weeks we'll go through four kegs of pale and some weeks we'll sell one so you never know what's going to be on there what's going to be uh flowing through but mm. Mm, and yeah. is the um you know the alcohol side of things is that quite a profitable profitable so thing making it? your own alcohol for retail is is great in terms of a profit margin i mean the the, the size that we are we don't make enough in terms of volume to to sell in in a, a great profit margin if it takes yeah. it takes two working days around to make a beer obviously there's more days but it's, it's dipping in and out of it um so that's obviously quite an expensive process the equipment and processes themselves that we have are expensive um and then putting it on so yes we make we make the gp um for that but we could do could do so much more and so much better if we had a bit more room and space we're looking to expand but you know you, you're waiting forever for the perfect place to drop in your lap but Mm. Yeah. yeah that's good but yeah, yeah I mean I we it, like it I mean alcohol in general is just such a profitable thing like if you look at even next door Alfred's who's you know, super small obviously they don't have you know mm. same kind of you know craft ales that yeah. you're making yourselves here but like on a Saturday night they'll be like pretty much rammed yeah. won't they and yeah. Yeah. oh yeah it's, yeah, it's a cosy yeah. and if you there's, there's beers on there they're alright they're, they're high percent but if you if you've got beers on that are six pounds a half you know it's it's there's money there you don't know what they're well I don't know what they're paying for the uh, to buy those beers in, so you don't know yeah. what you need to charge for the profit margin, and that's just business. But um, you know, when you when we get to sell it ourselves, you know, we can we can do relatively well with it. But yeah, just yeah, it's got to be enough to cover all my sitting down. Time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> staff meals, my thinking yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the experience for someone uh, that comes into the hungry bear? Like, what what do you want it to be? Homely. We want it to be just for? comfortable, homely. We want people to feel like they're they're at a dinner party, but you know the host is just really good at cooking. That's all. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's no you know we don't have a sommelier, we don't have you know uniforms for the staff. You know, as long as people look presentable and you know they're friendly and dynamic with people, I think that's that's perfect. Um, and you know we. We have a communal atmosphere. The the tables are quite close together. We you know try and get um, get as much atmosphere into the place as possible. Obviously, you know you can't always do that if it's one of your quiet nights. But you know we we have a great selection of music. We have you know just a, a comfortable place to be, and um, I'd like that to to go throughout the meal. So you know from from entering. Uh, sitting in a comfortable space to getting uh, a meal that is well cooked, well presented, but not beyond the realms of what people are comfortable with. You know, they, they don't need to have uh, a pickled langoustine. They can just they can choose a steak. They can you know if someone wants to if three people around the uh, the table are having meals from the a la carte menu someone else can have a burger on the table it's fine there, there isn't there isn't rules in that respect and it's it's fine yeah uh, we like to make people feel welcome we'll give them an amuse-bouche we'll see them through you know any any drinkers will get 
complimentary bar snacks and bits and bobs like that. Um, and, you know, it's so hard to get people through the door that once they're in, you you want to keep them coming back. So um, I, you, I've... You were saying the other day, just sort of want everyone to have their own individual experience. Yeah, absolutely. Just what, what they would want if we yeah. can tailor it to to them we, yeah. we will like, and of course we, you we, can't do that for everybody because it's you know some people want some people want uh, a 14 course tasting menu with wine flights for every course and you know to, mm. to make feel like they're an absolute superstar but um, it's not for me uh, and you know we charge the right price for it so uh, keeping that there is is important and was there ever a kind of thought from you guys to set up something that's more niche and geared towards like the Michelin kind of started things where you need to... No, no. Uh, I think coming from that background, um, I'd, I'd already made up my mind that that wasn't something I was interested in. If right. someone wants to hand me a Michelin star, I'll take it. But, you know, um, uh, I don't want to jump through the hoops that those that, that is provided. Um, you know, so uh, we make food that we like. We make it in a way that we can do that for lots as many customers as we can possibly do and you know in a way that i feel is is valid and um i think you do you guys do well just from knowing from eating you do it really well like Mm -hmm. i think that's something that is um like people might might not just know automatically because you kind of look at the place and you think smart you're going to be like yeah we get that all the time like i'd I'd like people to be pleasantly surprised i think nine times out of ten they are you know unless they've done before but um, never never look like more than you are (laughs) yeah Yeah, but you you kind of come and it looks like you know cozy kind of kind of place but then you get in food that you'd expect like some of the like nicest restaurants in town yeah yeah absolutely it's uh you know we um we'd like to provide that so, um, what do you feel like the future of the Hungry Bear is going to be? Is it kind of a refinement type process? So, uh, yeah, we'd like to expand. I mean, uh, if you're asking me if I'd open the Hungry Bear two, definitely not. But there's, <laughs> <Right. laughs> uh, you know, like uh, we couldn't do it in the same way. You know, like uh, I, like I said before, I'm, I'm here every day, so um, there's there isn't a way I'd be able to do a second restaurant. Yes, we'd like to expand the brewery, and I think if we want to do any more than we currently are, then we have to, um, you know, because we are at max capacity. Um, and you know, maybe something like a brewery with a small tap room would be fantastic, or you know, uh, a brewery with the opportunity to sell retail, or you know, to sell to various various other places is great. But you know, there, there's problems and uh, and issues with uh, whatever track you want to take and it's you just you have to pick which which fight you want rather than uh, what end goal you want I suppose yeah and I guess maybe well there's obviously a lot of opportunity to expand into you know the beer side of thing but maybe as well maybe or at least sounds like maybe we could get a, a if you and making them enough profit, of course, make mm-hmm. get like a manager. So maybe you don't have to do your long, long hours, James. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I, I think I'd, I'd feel quite guilty being away, you know. I'd, yeah, uh, what would you I'd, do otherwise? Yeah, I'd, I'd be able to save, you know, save £24,000 a year if I, yeah. if I just did it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it's because it's, it is so personal, it is so uh, uh, unique to us that if someone else is doing it, it'd be different. You know, right. how do you how do you uh, how do you quantify that? Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, something a lot of business owners have to go. Like, of course, yeah. Like yeah. when they're 
you're going for that, that decentralized command and obviously you know, Phil heads up all the craft beer stuff and mm-hmm. I'm sure you've got guys in the kitchen that take on more responsibilities than others mm-hmm. um, in, in inevitably you're going to give away a little bit of, <laughs> of, yeah. of it and yeah like relinquishing uh, creative control is always is always difficult but yeah. you know we, we accept input from from anyone who wants to give it you know the uh, <laughs> Steady. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got some uh, some great guys in the kitchen that you know uh, are young and have great i uh, great propositions for menu ideas and stuff like that, and that's really helpful. And we've got uh, people out front that you know either want to do the managerial side, the events coordination side, or want to do um, uh, the cocktails and the um, you know the mixology side of things, and you know all of that is. Is helpful, and we'd we'd struggle to do to make the product that we have without those people, you know. And like, uh, you know, you, you can't you can't do this by yourself. Um, that would be a lot cheaper, but you can't. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Has anything really surprised you since kind of in the past five years that you weren't weren't expecting about the running and owning of a the the price of electricity that was quite a surprise <laughs> yeah, so I think our last electricity bill in the uh, the cold January was £900 and you know for considering Jeez. that we're, not, we're smaller than your average house it's a bit of a blow but yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know there's there's lots of things that are you know surprising or a bit of a shock or whatever or you know what bills come through the door whatever else but is there anything you're particularly proud of in the last five years yeah. I think just staying open, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't it like I remember? I think because towards the end of that Michael O'Hare um, uh, interview, the like was it and the failure rate of restaurants? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. nuts. You know, like ninety percent of restaurants in the first year, and then of those, ten percent, eighty percent in the second year close. You know, it's, right. uh, that's that's crazy. I mean, we've had a lot of help um, throughout. You know, there's been been times where we definitely could have closed um and you could argue if an accountant was looking at should have closed but um you know we haven't we're still here um and uh you know we're we're happy with the the product that we've made from you know from front door to menu to everything it's uh you know it's great but um yeah i i, I genuinely think that you know just still being here is a testament to the uh, the product in general um and the fact that we're now uh, the hub of uh, quite a creative, charming little community um, mm. is, you know, it's, seeing that sprout up around you is uh, is uh, is really fun. It's like, you know, if you put a time-lapse camera outside the front of the restaurant and watch all these places, you know, either come and go or stay and whatever else. It's, uh, you know, it's, we're quite proud of, of being there and being on the ground floor with it. Yeah, knowing what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's a cool um, profession and business to be in as well. Like, uh, especially something I only had thought about uh, today, but a concept I think about a lot is like the automation of jobs and how things like you know so much stuff will be going away from you know the simple things you think of like taxi drivers when they've got all their yeah. cars, but lawyers, doctors when you've got you know software that can yeah, yeah. do contracts and yeah. robots that can do surgery and all that kind of thing, but. 
No food. I don't think anyone really wants it. It would be very yeah. difficult to autonomate in yeah. terms of like, you know, you see lots of YouTube videos of people trying to get woks to fry and stuff like robotic wok. <laughs> Squirt and ketchup. Uh, yeah, yeah. And obviously from like a craft ale side of thing, like people like the, the story. I mean, people buy into stories, right? And the, mm. the story behind the bear of like having it, having a craft ale place on site is, mm. is, is different from, you know, Buying any you know, a Heineken or something, or yeah, yeah. You know, not that I know Heineken story or anything, but <laughs> I imagine it's in a very you know uh, you don't know Mr. Heineken brewing him brewing yeah. his beers, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mr. Still Heineken's really sobby, you know, wet trousers, fifty million beers, So yeah, I mean, do you, do you ever think about that? Like how I mean, in the coming years, I think not only is the area kind of, as we said, up and coming and has been for, for a while. But um, I think it can only go from strength to strength, really. Yeah, you know? at the minute. I mean, there's you know, there's new places to live being built. There's new um, businesses opening up. The, the businesses that are currently here are turning into uh, premises that are more conducive to like a, a family-orientated creative space, you know, uh, we can only hope that Labrooks is the next to go, but you know, it's, uh, apart from that, we've got some we've got some good independent places, and I think yeah. that's more than you can say for anywhere in Leeds at the minute. You know, there's you know there's lots oh, of places in Henley. There are independent places all over the place, of course there are, but the majority of places are, you know, mainstream, corporate owned, cookie cutter rest- uh, restaurants and bars, and, and that's boring. We've got we've got something that's interesting and. Like this is it's local you know we, we are keeping it local mm. um, and it's got just such cool like you say that homely atmosphere mm. and and you know people can come and they just feel like like even even now we're just kind of like just sat back and we can just if you obviously for eating you just kind of feel pretty relaxed whereas yeah, yeah. you know in some of those places it's just uh, it's like you want to go eat and then get out of there, right? <laughs> but, mm. I mean, yeah, yeah. just doing a function. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're looking to impress someone, you know, take them to somewhere where you pay 300 quid for your meal. But if you want to eat a good meal, then come here. We'll do it for 50 quid for the two of you. It's it's fine. Like it's mm. uh, it's it. And that's there's nothing wrong with going to a f- high end fine dining restaurant. Um, mm. And that different different premises and different places and different businesses suit different purposes but uh, yeah I think we've got uh, quite a decent spectrum of things and occasions and stuff that you could come here for yeah I felt you want to go you want to go I was about to ask you a question you oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know so, so I just mentioned as well like I'm going travelling very shortly and you mentioned you've been doing you, well before you were doing all the craft beers and stuff you were travelling around a bit in mm. Canada and doing the sea seasons was it where in the Alps was it or uh, yeah I did yeah. three three seasons in the Alps uh, two in Morzine and one in La Plane um, and um, just what, what what made you think about doing that after after college uh, I don't. I'd always wanted to. We didn't done a few ski holidays when I was younger, before like in school, and mm. um, and then uh, yeah. What, I think what I'd what I'd got lined up as my sort of my goal. Uh, you know, it was it wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't to learn to fly or anything. It was just do a ski season because I'd always really enjoyed skiing and uh, just just you know knew you could do that sort of thing. Could cook out in the mountains and um 
uh, and then go skiing or what have you in, during the daytime when you when you weren't doing that. Um, so I knew it was available. So that was sort of maybe subconsciously what I was working towards with with cooking. Uh, and then uh, yeah, once once I finished college, I went to work uh, in a pub, I think, and then uh, left there. Went to do some labouring. Um, for one of the regulars in the pub <laughs> and then uh, yeah I think after so did did the summer uh, building some houses and that was that was really fun but then as it sort of got went through autumn and then as it got colder we were sort of I think one morning in November um, I think got there and it was you know hands are froze it couldn't feel your hands couldn't feel your feet and it, it was sort of like oh Phil go, go outside and wait for the for the compo to defrost and I was sort of stood outside just stamping my feet and uh, waiting for this massive silo to defrost so I could get the first concrete out so we could start building this house. I was like, right, right you know what? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to be cold, I want to do it properly. So, yeah. so yeah, then just that that evening went and applied for uh, a season. And, yeah, just just got out there that, that winter and did the next three winters with sort of jobs in the middle in, during the summer, but then in the winter doing the snowboarding, skiing and... Uh, Cooking in hotels and what Did you have pick you. up any injuries going snow, snowboarding, skiing? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty knackered now, but yeah. <laughs> but no, just, just during the time now, I was, uh, did did some, you know, did did some silly stuff and uh, got some stories and yeah, drunk a lot of beer and uh, gen, genuinely had a very large time, but also you know picked up some cooking uh, tips and hints and. Um, yeah. Then yeah, got got uh, after my last one of those, uh, got talking to Steve. He was uh, start. He, he just sort of got talking to him and said, "Oh, you know, I don't, don't really know what I'm doing now." And he said, "Well, we're going out there in December. Why don't you get yourself a visa and come and join us as soon as you can?" So in Canada. yeah, in Canada, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And then uh, yeah, booked myself a year's working visa and just went and met him. I think I got out there in March. And whereabouts yeah. did you go? Uh, so I travelled to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Start, started in Vancouver because uh, they got those guys had a house in North Vancouver and stayed there for three months, I think, and then went and did uh, some cherry picking. Then went, um, uh, came back. Then went over to. I think we did a couple of weeks travelling around. My parents came out, did, did a couple of weeks with those guys, and then went. I went over to well, me and another guy that. Uh, Toby that I'd met during uh, the cherry picking season um, we went over to Quebec uh, the east side of Canada to do uh, grape picking in the autumn and then uh, yeah, my plan was to sort of drive back over to the west coast and do some snowboarding and what have you but for for various reasons never quite made it back and uh, uh, mostly because I was trying to drive a a 1986 Chevy short box van on the frozen snow roads that... <laughs> uh, come on, you've uh, got to tell me this story. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a long story. And uh, yeah, it was about, I think there was about a week where I just was almost positive I was going to die every single minute of every day because I was just driving, like sliding round corners uh, on these mountain passes that were the roads were covered in snow and I had no heating and my window screen wipers had frozen. <laughs> I was just sort of having to lean round and, and 
dust off the snow off the windscreen. And <laughs> it was a bit, uh, yeah, it was all Where a bit... Where were you going? It was just to and fro. Uh, well, I was, I was trying to drive back from Montreal to Revelstoke in uh, British Columbia, but it took us a week uh, to drive uh, west to east coast, like seven full days, and that was with two or three nights where one of us would sleep during the day and one of us would drive the van... Uh, so we were constantly on this on the Trans Canada Highway, right? Um, and then I tried to do that, but coming back and uh, in in the winter, I think as soon as I set off, it started to snow, and then the next day there was about four foot of snow, and I was <laughs> yeah, oh, it was all it was all a bit of a uh, yeah inexperienced manoeuvre, but but yeah, sort of made it as far as I could until yeah I was trying to push the van through through snow, and then yeah got to a coffee shop and just sort of. <laughs> Made a made an executive decision to turn back, and, and as soon as I as soon as it did turn back the next day, the snow stopped, the sun came out, they cleared the road, so it was just a straight blast back to Montreal. And once I got back there, just uh, yeah, got myself set up in a uh, apartment there, and just sort of did did the winter in Montreal. Yeah. And what was your like overall experience like? Did you was it? Did you look back with fond memories and stuff? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. There, oh, oh, there were so many things that I did over there that I'd never never done before never thought of doing before and the people I met over there were just uh, yeah, each, each, every, every, every one of them was uh, yeah, an absolute legend in their own right and yeah yeah, I definitely Still, think that um, Phil's trek around Canada was a very important yeah, step yeah, very, to his development. Yeah, yeah. 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 went away it. quite like pre-seasons and everything went away quite a, an introverted uh, <laughs> person and came back with a um, a lot broader understanding of the world, let's say, and it's, yeah. uh, no, I think it really was useful. And uh, he nearly died a few times. Yeah, I think that was that was part. Of was it. I think that's part of growing up, isn't yeah, it? Nearly died. It's just bits, just yeah. like sleepers, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, after have a few near death. Was it usually your fault or not your fault? Oh no, it was always my fault. Yeah, yeah. But every single time it was yeah because, because I yeah hadn't hadn't thought something was. And if, if Phil's saying something, it's it, his his fault. It's really his fault. Yeah, it's right? every, every it's, part uh, of it. I couldn't have said it up better if I'd tried to make myself learn a lesson most of the time. Does any, anything in particular stand out in your head now of like, oh, that was close? Or was it just the car? Uh, yeah, probably not, nothing I could talk about. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally nothing. Just, just, just uh, yeah, a lot of stuff where I should have known better. Even, even by applying any thought, I would have known better than I did, but yeah, yeah just plunged in head first and just... Do you uh, think you ever nearly froze to, like, actually froze to death? I know it's like minus 32 sometimes, but there were uh, the times where you, like, nearly, yeah, nearly there was, wake there was up. T- yeah, because I didn't have any heating in, in the van, so I, was, my, I think my, my toes were numb for a full eight days, probably. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, I didn't, didn't because like, there was a draft coming in the vent that was by my feet, so it wasn't just not giving me hot air, it was giving me cold winter air directly onto my shoe which also had a hole in so the cold air was just going straight into my sock and my toes were just numb so I just yeah I just mostly drove back to Montreal just shouting (laughs) just yeah just just venting did you have any kind of those like oh shit I don't know what I need to do or what what I'm going to do moments yeah that that was that was day to day (laughs) I think that was the the best part of it you know I think that's like that's what helped him the most (laughs) that's almost kind of what I'm looking forward to I guess like a big part of it for me will just be like problem solving as I go because I don't yeah I've got um, a cousin out in Australia and I'll, I'll know a few people there and, yeah. and there and there but well it's just perfect isn't it that like um, you know being able to find yourself or you know yeah 
to have that freedom to do that. I mean, it's so. I like the, yeah, I kind of, I get you yeah, that the find yourself part of thing, but I think for me, it's more like I've got to go and, I don't know, it's quite cheesy, but like more define like who you're going to be and, and instead of letting things happen to you. Like, yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I mean. I mean, like you, up until a certain point, you, uh, you do kind of let things happen to you rather than take control of your own life. And I think, you know, that's, Part of what we were talking about earlier, yeah, um, you kind of with the uh, wake up one morning there. and just doing it. I'm, I'm not suggesting that you open a restaurant. I don't, I don't think that'd <laughs> be a good. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably be about as good as it as half the people that, that the do it. Tier one restaurant, yeah. <laughs> not indicative yeah. of quality. Just de- deli sandwiches and protein shakes. <laughs> yeah. You could do it. All vegetarian, <laughs> cheese yeah. and tomato sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> just do it as that, like. Uh, you know, Russian ticket office. You have to do twenty squats to get a get a, get a <laughs> yeah, sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no 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 salami in tea dogs restaurant, but that's fine. I once thought about um, if it'd be a cool gym you could have that just no one could join because like the joining fee would be like a thousand burpees or something, <laughs> something ridiculous. Yeah, you must meet. You must be at least this nails yeah, to enter. But everyone there would be like really interesting to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> the man did a thousand burpees <laughs> just to get in the building. <laughs> yeah, that's just fine. Like pull up bar <laughs> don't expect anyone to get yeah, yeah yeah stick to the big three you've got to do a thousand of each yeah <laughs> do you find um working with phil is, is as enjoyable as you kind of expected it to be or did you expect it to be enjoyable oh. uh yeah i mean he does my nothing every single day like without fail phil will do something that winds me up so much um you know I mean, He's back now, so I'll, I'll stop talking to him. How great is Phil, though, yeah? Phil, yeah he's, he's a great guy. He's amazing. <laughs> no, just talk about how annoying you are. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Anyway. yeah Phil's, <laughs> Phil's a very particular guy, and I am the opposite. So, you know, yeah. it is a bit chalk and cheese. You know, I smell a sitcom sort of thing. But it's, uh, you know, we do, uh, in a lot of ways, we'll wind each other up with the stuff that we do you know like Phil will put everything that's broken just on my desk yeah. just expect yeah, me to deal with it fix. you know <laughs> <laughs> just like, like a broken why is it still there why is yeah. it fixing yeah. just like a cat just kind of slowly just push it towards yeah. you yeah. pretty much you yeah. deal with yeah. this yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is completely your problem right. yeah. Yeah. but then Phil will will move things out of the stairs that I've just left on the stairs for about six weeks and stuff like that so there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of to and fro and I, I don't think in any uh, business relationship, you'll be able to have any day where the person that you're working with 24-7 is not annoying you. I see Phil more than I see my wife, like quite considerably more. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see anyone as much. Yeah. I've always never ref- seen anyone as much yeah. as I see. I always refer to Phil as my second more expensive wife. <laughs> I am costly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like fun wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Just keeping him in kitchen yeah. shoes. Aromatic and... Fruity, <laughs> sour. Yeah, very, very, very tad. What do you guys kind of? I mean, the kitchen, especially, is such a stressful kind of environment. I don't know if you become more, I don't know, um, immune to the stress as it goes on or not. Oh, we don't really do it that mm. way here. We, you know, I'm mm. not throwing pots and pans and I'm not shouting and screaming at anyone unless it, it, if I'm shouting and screaming at you, you really, really do deserve it. To be honest, yeah, we don't. You know, there's no need for that. I don't think. I don't think being stressed makes you work better. Right. Um, and, and I decided that fairly early on. Uh, um, you know, because people always used to. I'd, I'd always been fairly chilled out, especially for for chefs at a Michelin star level. I've you know I'm about as chilled as you get. Um, uh, and people used to just ask me like, why? 
why you were why why aren't you stressed out why why you chilled out and it was like because I don't work any better doing that so I'd mm-hmm. like to to carry that through and I think if you if you treat people with respect and you you know you expect a lot from them but you expect a lot from yourself and you you pass that through I think you get the best out of people and we always keep the best staff you know we, like mm-hmm. we, we don't you know I, I mentioned before about that staff turnover at being like two hundred and fifty percent I think you know we have one person leave every three months or six months or yeah, whatever and that's quite a big deal when yeah, someone leaves, and it's, it's, like, and it's if they're deal. leaving it's because they've come to the end of their uni degree or they want to join the marines or whatever right. else you know like it is uh it's it's because they have they've finished their journey and they have to go somewhere else and you know i've, I've really liked that um and you know the people that we've had through the doors that come back or come back for meals or come back when they've they've got time off from uni or whatever else it's come uh, back and do podcasts with yeah do podcasts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do an all time yeah, yeah, yeah. he actually turned into tree dog that's so funny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot my question now I was going to ask you kind of just how you kind of de-stress and just kind of unwind um, beer. alcohol beer, 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 beer. <laughs> my name's James Cooper yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple of beers after that shift <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we don't really have that much time to chill out. I mean, like, I'll get a day off in the week where you, you know, you do your chores and whatever else. I mean, um, we don't do a huge amount. There's not vast amounts of socialising. So yeah, I mean, after mm. after we finish service, we'll sit down, have a beer, and then then go home. You know, yeah. low level socialising for yeah, a finite amount of time. That's, that's about it, I guess we're like um, in more. Um, Maybe not so here, but like in the places you worked in the past, because because Sheffield is usually quite unsociable hours, because yeah, yeah. obviously you're working when everyone else wants to be out. <laughs> um, you know, you'd usually go out with the team kind of afterwards. And, yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, I've worked in places like that, and um, you know where you the team sort of demands you go out every night after service, and mm. you know whoever goes goes home first is the biggest loser. But I've also worked in places where people didn't socialise at all because they they hated each other. So you know, there's yeah. there's the full spectrum of things but I mean uh, obviously we you know we all have to work together we all have to to be there so we can't you know we can't be going crazy you can't be doing doing whatever else but what are some of the kind of craziest kitchens you've worked in and like I remember my friend well both Vince and my friend Rob like talked a lot about like drug use in the kit like not in the kitchen but like the like chefs would kind of go out and then just get absolutely like yeah. off their faces and uh, <laughs> I've never worked in a kitchen where um, where drug use was um, accepted, or mm-hmm. you know, for, yeah, there was yeah, yeah. there was anyone high up enough in the kitchen doing it that it was you know common knowledge. Uh, but there is always that underlying level of it um, that's you know it's it's prevalent. Is you know there's lots of lots of young people that are um, working long hours. So, you know it's you know Work it's, it's easy hard. Hard. yeah and that sort of thing. Right. And it, you know it does happen. I mean. In terms of uh, you know crazy events, there's none of them are, are particularly pleasant. You know, there's there's always people that will go too far or um, you know say things they they shouldn't do, do things they shouldn't do, and you know, like I was saying before, you you won't be able to get away with that, and you shouldn't be able to get away with that anymore. I mean, there's a you know every day something hilarious is happening in kitchens. That's one of the best things about it. You know, you yeah. can have you can have the best time, but you can have the worst time as well. So I mean, it's uh, mm. You know, we 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 always have a great time, um, day in day out. I would say, but 
Yeah, I always, I always, I liked kind of was in the kitchen and then yeah, you yeah. guys would be having a lot of banter and oh, yeah, you yeah. had some music on and you kind of just yeah. like so you get you know for me he was kind of like a kind of slow steady kind of guy if he gets busy I'm like oh shit oh shit <laughs> <laughs> well we're all saying that under our breath yeah. it's fine now when it's busy <laughs> I, th- I think yeah for the most part just in I think there's always a, a, a turn in the service if you sort of can be going along having a really nice time listening to music uh, having jokes and what have you then we'll we'll do that as the default but then everyone knows that if you know if we start getting busy or if we know we know we've got a busy service everyone's ready for that yeah, as well yeah. so we'll, we'll we'll all you know music off yeah, let's, yeah. let's buckle down get this done and then afterwards you know you can have have a beer and have a yeah, yeah. bit no, more yeah that was, that, that was definitely you know the vibe yeah you, you I mean you especially from like a third person perspective your guys like it would be like proper like jovial like you kind of were talking about earlier but then as soon as like the checks were on like you're just smashing out being yeah, proper yeah, professional yeah. about it you know yeah yeah, yeah. you've got to have the professional yeah. you've got to be ready to be professional if you need to be I think yeah yeah yeah. yeah and um I don't know I just wanted to think a bit about the stressful environment in the kitchen but I guess if you're not very <laughs> stressful it's uh, um, there's always a, a level of yeah. stress in a kitchen because like I said anything can go wrong and you're working with um, you know you work in a dangerous environment to, to a mm. certain extent you have to you have to be careful you have to be ready you know you, you, you're wielding knives there's, you know you can trip and fall in a deep fat fryer that's not gonna that's gonna ruin your Friday night isn't it so yeah. it's uh, yeah, you gave an example actually earlier of a six foot two Scottish guy shouting at it. was that a natural <laughs> example or did that just come to your head yes yeah, so many I was, uh, I was like, oh, I would have been sixteen, seventeen, um, and I did a uh, a stage or like a, sh- a short placement, uh, like a, a month placement, uh, organised through college, um, uh, working in a Michelin star restaurant, um, and you know you could go anywhere, do anything. People went to France, people went to USA, there, but uh, you know, I, 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 all I was bothered was was like the the high profile place so I went to um, I chose Gidley Park Hall uh, which is uh, a really amazing place um, it's in just in South Devon um, and um, you know there's like amazing chefs work there it's I'm not sure if it's two star anymore it's been been a long time but uh, you know they grew they grew all the vegetables themselves they um, uh you know that everything was so so perfect. It was one of the first glimpses of that sort of like prestige um, that we uh, that I'd ever ever seen. You know, like you you can't you have an idea of what mission style might be, and that might be you know pots and pans flying at you and people screaming in your face, or it might be you know like quiet, perfect environments where the best of the best is is made in lab conditions, something more like the the, the fat duck or whatever. Um, but this was quite nice. It suited me quite well. It was like classic French cuisine, and they they do bits and bobs. But they just had this maniac of a of a pastry chef. He was like he was insane. But like he, in fairness to him, he got there at six in the morning, and he was the last to leave. He got there at six in the morning to make the bread, and then he was sending. He personally sent the last petty fours. Uh, whenever the last table was going up to bed, so about could be one o'clock in the morning. Oh well, and that was six <laughs> days a week. Um, and they all they all took two weeks off at the same time. So he was doing that day in day out, Jeez, uh, every yeah. day. Yeah, you know he'd he'd written off his car twice from falling asleep at the wheel. Oh, you know it was. Uh, 
that was the one of the first times where I looked at that industry and was just a bit nervous about what the pathway I was taking was going to lead to. You know, like if I want to be a Michelin star chef, do I have to get up at six in the morning and go home at one in the morning? You know, do I get do I get five five hours of free time in a in a twenty four hour period? Is that is that is that what it takes? But he was just nuts. Like he, like <laughs> whilst I was there. He uh, he got in a tiz because um, a customer said they'd found a fly in their food, and they brought the plate back, and it was uh, a piece of vanilla pod. Oh, it just right. looked yeah, yeah. like just the way of like a small speck looked like. Uh, she'd assumed it was a, a fly, and he just flipped his lid like it was his name on the line, or whatever. And he slammed the uh, slammed the oven door so hard that it shattered the glass plate in the door, and that just so happened to be above an open bin of flour and you're talking about a bin of flour that is maybe two sacks worth of flour so maybe oh, maybe so 40 yeah, kg of flour in there it's like he's making the bread and he needs that he's got to <laughs> make the that. bread it's just like <laughs> and it's just like the world had ended you know like everyone was screaming like it, <laughs> it was just like things were on fire it was yeah. bonkers and just like everyone was, was shouting and you know like and you were, yeah. Was yeah I was like 16 I'd been like given the, the opportunity to chop shallots really really <laughs> finely in the corner and I'm like not like I'd been given this like butcher's block and I wasn't allowed to move from that and then like that was where I stayed for a month and I was like could see all this stuff going on and just people having meltdowns over this <laughs> stuff and I was just like this is crazy but like but they're like it's that that knife edge that is the best of the best of the best yeah. and like things can go from perfect to completely wrong in a second and it doesn't have to be so extreme as shattering an oven door but like you know if you are making a souffle and it drops as it goes to the table and you have to do all of those desserts for a table of six again, your whole service can go wrong. The whole evening can go wrong. And yeah, so some like some maniac is going to be screaming in your face because you've, you've messed that up. Um, and it's, uh, ah, it's crazy you know, to it's think so you're, like, after that you were still like, Man. Yeah, I love working in the kitchen. Yeah. This, this is what I'm about. This guy's a fucking rock star, and you know, like you do see things that way when you when you're that age and you're impressionable. You're just like, this is the coolest. You know, like I get to play with knives all day. I'm setting things on fire, um, and you, <laughs> you're having a great time. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, How did you get such like a good work ethic, James? Uh, I was brought up that way. Yeah, it's got to be a family. Uh, my, my, my family never stopped working. If you think I work hard, my family put me to absolute shame. My, uh, my oh. parents run the question centre. That's not Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I was complaining about getting up at six in the morning, going to bed at one in the morning. That's what my dad does. And, you know, he's got to be 70 now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nearly. The, uh, they run the equestrian centre and that, like, getting up in the morning to open the security gates and locking them again at the end of the night, you know, that that sort of stuff gets drilled into you um, pretty early on. Uh, and just, you know, having that support of, of people is is helpful for that. You know, if you know that you have people that you can rely on, then you can you can put yourself out there. You can you can open a restaurant, you can follow your dreams and you, you have that safety net of people around you. And that's, uh, I, you know, I, as I mentioned before, uh, it was mine and Phil's conversation that crystallized the idea in my head, but it was, you know, 
being with someone that I knew was wanted to be with for the rest of my life. I'm talking about my wife here, not Phil, by the way. This interview is over. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, having that uh, there just gives you the ability to to do what you want to do. Um, and I hope everyone finds that because, um, you know, I, I, I don't know where I would have been without it. So. You're, I mean, that's such a big step as well. Like, you're yeah. when you're 24, like, opening, like, had you always been like really confident in like self-confidence as well? Must have been a big part. Well, is anyone ever completely confident in themselves? I don't know. But uh, if you if you work at some of the best places um, and you can put yourself on a level with other people and just you know make things and produce things that you know are good the obvious next step is to do that for yourself or the obvious next step for me anyway was to do that for yourself so you know can you can you produce that or can you produce something that uh, you can replicate and turn into a business you know all you're doing is pushing a product you know it's the it's the same as same as any other business it's just uh it's just a little more intense. That's mm. all. More on the line, I guess, as well. Yeah, it's, I, I guess feel like so, it's, yeah. Obviously, I'm sure you feel like this place is a massive part of you now as well. Yeah, well, yeah. You've sunk so much of yourself into it. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's where I am six days a week, so. Yeah. I was saying, saying, saying the other day, it's almost, yeah, just been on holiday, but coming, coming, someone was saying, oh, does it, does it feel weird going back? And I sort of said, oh, you know, it, it's not really like a job. It's just where you are at that mm. point in time so it's yes yeah, five six days a week just uh you know it's just your other house where you do you know a bit more stuff but uh, like if i if i wasn't brewing here i'd be brewing at home on, right. on those days probably <laughs> i'd probably be, be doing the same thing but in smaller quantities at home so yeah i suppose that dream is to turn your turn your hobby into your job and you know make money from it but uh yeah i mean it's uh does it feel the same for you? Like, does it feel like work, or is it? Is it still like? Yeah, it often feels yeah, like there's, there's work. There, there's definitely yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gloss over because I get to. I get was to sort of stand, uh, stand on the side. Yeah, yeah. Well, there like, can uh, be like if you because you're so tied to a premises. There's there's re- there's real consequences to your actions and decisions that that come through. I mean, like we made some pretty big mistakes early on in regards to you know. Uh, who we were paying and what to and this that and the other and you know like it, it cost us money um so you know there's there's issues that can happen that you know can really take the wind out of yourselves and also you know little things like we've been burgled twice is it no, twice yeah. or is it three, three times three times three times least, a lady yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh. so yeah and they're like twice they've come through the roof yeah and once they came through an upstairs window yeah. Um, which you know can really take the fun out of things sometimes. If you don't know when you're opening up the shutters in the morning, whether you've been burgled or not, yeah, you know that's yeah. that's a real that's a real honeypot. The, the worst one was we'd done a bank holiday. It was I think it was your honeymoon. Yeah, I came back from my honeymoon. Yeah, that when was you'd the day been, yeah, you'd been away for ten days, and I'd I'd been in here every day, just you know keeping on things, do, doing everything, and then it was a bank holiday weekend. If you were coming back on the mm-hmm. Monday. It was a bank holiday weekend, the weekend before. So we'd done a full week and then a bank holiday weekend. Um, and we'd just, yeah, we'd got got all this cash from the weekend. It was a busy, busy yeah. one. You know, we'd done a busy 10 days. But, 
you know, I was really proud of myself because the Sunday night I'd left everything really, you know, really tidy, really nice. Everything was in order. I'd done, every, you know, I'd done all the fresh beer menus. Everything was ready in the kitchen. Blah blah. You know, it was all all sorted. And I was like that. You know, it was like like Brum where you're turning out the lights, just looking around and be like, yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> that, 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 that's a good job. And then, uh, yeah, 10.25 or whatever it is the next morning, just get a call from James, like, yeah, Phil, we've been burgled. And then, yeah, got, got here five minutes later or whatever, and they're just, yeah, there's just uh, sealing the debris roof, and yeah, concrete yeah. all over the stairs. You know, all the, the, basically all the money out of the office is just thrown, yeah, they ripped everything out of the sort of dr- desk drawers and just thrown everything mm. about. So there's just, you know, look, and, and there's a hole in the office roof and the wind's coming in and the rain yeah. and what have you. You learn like, from your discipline from that. Like, yeah, you, like you, we've never left more than 100 quid in cash in this Yeah, we this don't have any money in here now. So, yeah. like, yeah. But at yeah. that point, it was just that, that bank holiday plus James not being there to put the money in the bank and stuff. So mm. it was, yeah, it was well. so, uh, so rubbish, that yeah. one. But, yeah. That must have been such a low point, like yeah, it's a really low point, especially oh, yeah. like the second time. Like the, the first time it happened was when we were like, when we were building the restaurant. So they got like a drill, I think it was. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't well, too no, much. The, I think the first time, first time was in through the window, they took the computer. Oh yeah, there was a laptop. That, yeah, while we were building. And then yeah, the had sec- a really nice computer bomb. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, all just, like built into the... Uh, yeah, the, it was a well good computer. Yeah. They just, yeah, they had that away. And then uh, the second time... They just came through and took the tips and whatever they could get, and yeah. then the third time was the bank holiday one where yeah, they pretty know. much just yeah got got as much as they could have ever have got yeah, of yeah. us being open the you know the whole six, five six years that was yeah. probably they the chose the best day to do it and it was so yeah. so right. annoying. That's one of the issues with yeah. the, you know like with with areas, it, well any area I suppose, but like Leeds just is. Seems pretty bad for for burglaries and yeah, just low level crime in general. Burgled, it's quite bad, but uh, yeah, especially like around Headingley, I think it's yeah, like one of the yeah, worst yeah, areas yeah, in the country. Yeah, for, it's pretty bad. With like because because yeah, there's so many students in Headingley, mm. like particularly it's, there's a lot, yeah, there's it's a easy lot of valuables and it, stuff, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. There, there isn't sh- like if you're going to hit any business, a restaurant isn't really the one to do unless you mm. you know quite a lot about wine. You're not going to find the, the high end, <laughs> the high end <laughs> bins. Right? So it's uh, you know there's a uh, there is that but you know as you were saying before it, it things like that can really ruin it for you because you know if you see this as your your safe space in your home and you this that and the other yeah, and then yeah. like people can come in and take from you then you know and you you don't have you don't have anyone to blame you know it's 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 just on you and like yeah. the mistakes that you've made and stuff like that that have you know allowed this to happen obviously you didn't allow someone to crawl onto your roof and take the towers off but you kind of did because you didn't have razor wire and you didn't have the right security lights and you didn't have uh, an alarm system that was put in place and you know now we have an alarm system in place now we have razor wire you know like, yeah, yeah. and they might find somewhere else in but you know you'll learn from that mistake as well but it's uh, and is that kind of how you bounce back from those things like yeah cover the mistake yeah yeah I mean you, you either sort it out or you give up and you know that if giving up isn't an option then you just have to you sort it out so mm. it's uh, and he's, and he's, you know, you like you mentioned, kind of the bear was like close to, well, close to closing a few times. It was, yeah. It was how did you? Why did you kind of push on when maybe you would have said like the accountant would have said to not? Uh, well, um, what else are you going to do to some to a certain extent? I mean, like you know, this this is the thing that I'm best at, um, and I don't, you know, I don't know anything else, um, you know. I'm, I, I, I doubt I could do another job. I could go back to chefing, but you know, if if you are if you are able to 
push your business forward and build from it, why would you why would you give up on something like that? Um, you Especially know, so much something that you've put so much into. You know? Yeah, you're trying to provide for a future and you're trying to to build a business. It's uh, it it's it can be like um, crushing if you don't make a week or a month or you miss a VAT payment or you like you don't have the money to uh, provide or but yeah we've been to points where we've nearly not had enough money to pay the staff you know and I I would have found that uh, pretty distressing Um, but you know we can we can do a lot with this place you know we can make we can make money we can push it forwards and we can we can build on a lot of stuff and we've we've built a lot um over the years in terms of you know the community aspect you know we're we're part of the uh meanwood valley partnership community we're part of meanwood in general as a community the uh the area is great for that sort of stuff but um yeah i mean food's so just intrinsically tied to community and absolutely yeah i completely agree i've been watching a lot of um anthony bourdain's um parts unknown and he's kind of goes traveling around to places and tries different food and half of it probably isn't about the food it's just like the people he meets and the food yeah. is like yeah, a, experience it, it, mm. is the yeah the experience to kind of get to talking to people and, and that yeah. kind of thing and you know like you say the food is tied to the culture so yeah well Antonio Bourdain was such a hero like he was such an inspiration for me like reading Kitchen Confidential when I was mm. 16 years old like talk about rock stars that, that guy was a rock star um but yeah, I mean the uh, you are right in what you say. That sort of um, combination of um, lifestyle and food just goes together so well. And that's that's why you will never be able to please everyone all the time because you know a people a, a person's taste and idea of a good night out is individual as they are. You know, like even a table of four, one person might enjoy it or enjoy vastly different things to someone sat opposite them. And it's, uh, you know, bringing those things and trying to please everyone at that table is, is one of the most difficult and rewarding things to do, I would say. Yeah. Do you have many other people that you kind of like really think do chefing really well? Like your people you've like looked up to in the past? Or? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I've Me. never been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy called Phil Marsh. <laughs> He's been my rock. <laughs> um, I've never been one for, for the idea of celebrity and the, like the idea of a celebrity yeah. chef. I, it's, it's, that's never interested me. That's why, um, you know, I, I would have thought that Anthony, Anthony Bourdain has been, you know, top of the list for a long time. Um, you know, Marco in the white heat days I thought that was uh, you know I thought that was the coolest when I was a kid I mean ever since he's been selling Norse stock cubes he's kind of gone down on my estimation somewhat <laughs> yeah I remember seeing those of old pictures because I'm not like, particularly like like you guys are yeah. massively interested in food and stuff but um, I remember seeing like the old pictures of uh, uh, Marco P.O.Y. and yeah. um, some of the kind of um Stories he tell and stuff, and he does like look like a bit like a rock star, doesn't he? Oh, it looks like looks like Iggy Pop from back <laughs> in the day. Sometimes, I mean, like, um, I mean, it's funny. Like, I, I've had if you if you're interested, get get a copy of White Heat, one of the original uh, original copies. I don't know if they've they've updated it, but we always had one knocking around in the in the chef's office. Um, and it's you know the the recipes are classic French cuisine. You know they are. Top of the list from the 1980s. You know, this was a long time ago. This was when Gordon Ramsay was uh, still a kid. But um, 
you know, working in, the, in working for Marco and, you know, you see the, you, the taglines that go with the food. And there's just like, a, there's a load of background and, and story with it. And it's an amazing book. And it's something that I found really inspirational when I was coming up. Um, but then uh, when I was working at the Box Tree in Ilkley, uh, obviously that was Marco's Michelin restaurant from, I think, like late, late 80s, 90s, um, before it went on to Simon Gwella. Um, and they were pumping for a second star um, and they got Marco back involved um, and put stuff in. And, you know, the back door like gets kicked open, slammed open to uh, two of Marco's sous chefs come in. And these were the, the two most terrifying people you've ever seen. Just like massive like meat mountains that just like <laughs> storm in, just like come and just like stand at every desk. You know, it's like the Gestapo's come in and just like standing hands behind the back, just watching everything that you're doing. And you're just there like trying to chop a chive, just with trembling fingers. And it's just like, it's just like, it just like slowly shaking his head, looking at what you're doing. Just like, oh God, I put my pants. <laughs> and then like Marco comes in and he's like, he's fat as butter and he's wearing like a kafghan scarf and it's just like it was just like never meet your heroes man it's only not 20 years later and it was just like it was just like oh i know it was a real shame but you know uh <laughs> it was you know so like Sorry. someone you've respected for so long and it's just like it would like it was an amazing experience to like to have that you know um to be so close to that celebrity style of lifestyle, mm. but still, still so low down, you know, like the lowest of the low commie chef, you know, like not fit to lick his boots sort of thing. And just like, you still have that opinion. Yeah. You still, you still are part of that restaurant. Like no matter how small of a cog you are, you still have a, a place and a position and that sort of thing. So it was, uh, anyway, it was a special place to be actually, but it was, so uh, yeah, that was <laughs> an interesting story. interaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, do you remember? Do you have any kind of cool like uh, stories of just the chefs you work with from being in a strange situation, like smashing the oven or anything like that? <laughs> uh, anything yeah, comes to mind? Smash an oven? I don't think it was. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't through overwork. Um, tell them about um, that uh, that time you were working uh, oh, one of your seasons and. Uh, they they let you do the ordering, but <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So I think yeah about about a week or two before the, <laughs> before the end of my I think it was my second season because um, uh, yeah we'd had uh, I think the head chef had left um, reasonably early, so the the sous chef had had moved up to head chef and was well, I think we had a few, we had a few guys sort of coming in and it was changing over and stuff but then ended up being just being my friend uh, Jamie who was uh, doing the seasons ended up doing two seasons with with him um, but yeah the, the second one he, he was in charge he became head chef and was in charge of the order and all this sort of thing and then he sort of uh, a couple of weeks before the end of the season so late late March when the snow starting to melt and uh, you know, there's, there's everything's wrapping up. Really, you're sort of yeah. getting in what you need, and and then just uh, call it a day. Well, I'd, I'd sort of got these order sheets, and uh, for some some reason, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if if beer was involved or whatever. <laughs> but for, for some reason, that uh, Jamie was like, oh, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll do the orders together. You know, get you or basically, I'm going snowboarding, you do them or something like that. 
Um, so it's got these order sheets, all of them in French, because we're you know, in the middle of the Alps and you had to sort of order everything in frozen because uh, it'd come up on peace bashers and, uh, you know, you weren't, you, weren't, you weren't getting to the option of sending it back and all this sort of thing. But then, uh, yeah, it just sort of gave me these order sheets and, and bobbed off and then, you know, I sat, sat there going, right, Okay, uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Yeah, uh, salmon. Yeah, we need some. We need some salmon, don't we? We need, we need, we need eight to ten salmon. Uh, yeah, and then the tato citron. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we'll have forty of those. So just put putting all these numbers, and because nobody there, you know, it was the end of the season. Nobody was really paying attention. These orders went through. And uh, and yeah, I think I think it was between three and four grand that I spent on the uh, <laughs> yeah. on just these these just just essentials for the last two weeks of the wow. season. Yeah, just I think there's a picture of me just holding you know in my snowboard gear uh, <laughs> when the deliveries did come in, just just holding these ten sides of smoked salmon, looking like yeah, just mm. just caught them myself. <laughs> just yeah, just. Uh, yeah, I think we had forty frozen dessert tarts in the corner of the freezer. We had to re we had to rearrange the shelves in the freezer to fit the new orders in, and then yeah, my my main uh, gift that I gave to the to the management staff of the end of the holiday, uh, the end of the, well, I say holiday, uh, the end of the season <laughs> like was, was just it's sorting out this vast amount of food that they could deep freeze it for the next season. But, yeah, just uh, it's it, yeah, sort of always taken a bit of a backseat to the to the administration side of things because it's not yeah. so whenever Phil tells me any of those sort of stories it's just like an extra reason as to why I need to be here six days yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't leave me to myself yeah. and not necessarily that Phil's going to do it but like if you leave people alone at the top of a mountain they will get silly with it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Just they will I just had my coffee on no. the go I was like yeah we need we need, we need 20 uh, passion fruit uh, Boirons for yeah, you know, you never know. Need yeah. some frozen it's passion tart. fruit pua- puree. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> just at the end of the season as well. Yeah. You're about to leave. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is someone else's problem yeah. again. Yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't even. I wasn't even working when the yeah. deliveries came in. So they, I think they spe- it took them about four or five hours to get the deliveries in before they even started cooking. I was, I was just there, I just wandered in and uh, as I was snow, you know, in the middle of a snowboarding morning, just like, oh, busy are you guys? Well, what's, what's going on here? Oh, oh blimey. Yeah, best, best, best get out of here. Anyway, I'll get out of your way. Jambon. We've got a hundred jambon. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll take one of them. Yeah, yeah, cheers. The jambon truck. Thank you. Yeah, it was a bit silly. I've always uh, yeah, skirted around the, the responsibility side of things, and until here, really, I think it's uh, it's only when when yeah when it's your mates' money you're playing with that you sort of actually buckle down and well, I do I do anyway, but actually take it seriously rather yeah. than just yeah. uh, sort of treating it like some faceless name in the clouds is ordering you to do yeah. whatever. Well, I think that's that is it, it is important, and I think. Uh, you know, like that side of things, all those stories that you've got from the seasons are always revolving around the fact that there was no manager, there was no one that gave a shit, there was yeah, no yeah, one that yeah, cared. No one, yeah, and no like, why would you screen, care? Yeah. Like, you're there to snowboard, like, you know, and yeah, just yeah. as everyone that's, you know, that's here and works for me is, you know, they're not tied to the restaurant. They they are, they are their, their own people. They have their own interests, their own life. And you can't expect someone who wants to work 35 hours a week and you know have a life outside of that to care 
anywhere near as much as you and it, it can be quite jarring sometimes to uh, to remember that that you know why why would someone care as much about your restaurant and your food and your service and everything else as much as you do and it's it's making sure you are there to see that and see that through and i think that's well for me personally that's the only way to keep that standard high um but you know unless something else comes up lucrative <laughs> <laughs> deal huh? well. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'll take the money guys thanks, yeah. thanks very much well, i think because because you're so personable with the with everyone and you know you make make time for everyone you know more time than anyone else yeah. i know and and you know you, you you try and give people time off if they need it and yeah. give people what they what they need to to do well then yeah i think i think that's that's why we have such low yeah. turnovers because you you look after people which yeah yeah wouldn't you know if it was just me I don't think we'd be in the same boat. What's your name again? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? Just, just, just. I haven't got time to talk to you right now. I'm busy sharpening my nails. Is it like Mary Antoinette? Just let them eat brioche. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Bread for all. It's fully guillotined. Sustaining, isn't yeah. it? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll probably wrap this up soon. Um, Slayer, what is you guys' kind of perfect day? What, what If you had a... I'm going to say have a day off because yeah, you might want to be here. I'm not mm. sure, but I'm going to say if you had the whole day clear um, and I'll give you pretty a lot of leeway with where you can be and what you can do, <laughs> but um, just walk me through what, how much sleep you've had, what time do you get up? Um, I think, that, you know, like if we're talking about a perfect day, it, it really doesn't matter. Like as much time as you, you can have, uh, as your as your day off is is for the best um and just as much time as i can spend with my wife as possible you know like i i'm here so often that you know uh giving her as much time as possible is is uh you know my ideal day um so yeah i mean it doesn't really matter what we're doing i mean mooching around doing stuff with the house doing whatever um that's that's ideal but i guess you know that comes from spending so much time with my other more expensive wife well yeah it's, it's just completely sick of me yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, I think yeah. how many times does Phil ring you in your perfect <laughs> no he, he doesn't he I, does. I, never, I will never bring yeah. James unless it, you know unless there's unless I'm working and there's an emergency James doesn't hear from yeah, me I think something really would is. have to be on fire I, I would yeah. prefer it if I got more interaction on that. <laughs> yeah, but like he doesn't say anything yeah, yeah. yeah everything was fine, fine. it's completely fine <laughs> narrated it was not Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go on, Phil. Same question. What, what, what does your day look like? Um, just he's, the allotment. You sound like a real dick now. If he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, the allotment. Like, yeah. The allotment would be there. Yeah, so, so, sunny day at the allotment. I mean, I don't know, it sounds, sounds, yeah, it does sound cheesy, but yeah, just uh, so spend spending the day with uh, my girlfriend Bella. You, you know, obviously, it's just is would it's. Yeah, it's 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 what I would choose to do. Um, I've got like, we've got, yeah, I've got the beer, got the f- got the food here is is interest, but then I've got the allot, I've got an allotment, uh, which as anyone who's uh, spent any time with me will will be able to 
uh, verify that I do have an allotment. I do talk about it a lot. <laughs> but I'm surprised we managed to keep it out of the podcast for, for this Oh, long. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah oh, that's a point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How long have you got now? <laughs> We're going to have to wrap this up. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but, yeah just, just, you know, a bit, bit of time at the allotment and then just an evening uh, with, with Bella, just go, yeah, going out for like some nice beers, a nice meal. Because, yeah, she she's off on a... On a Sort of touring breweries at the moment just just being able to yeah have that time to try different things try different beers try yeah, different yeah. food and just you know see how we're doing see how they're doing and just come yeah compare everything and, and mm. yeah just have a have a because it's it's one of the most relaxing and rewarding things to do is just have a nice meal with some drinks is, yeah. and just with with someone you love is is, yeah. is why things. you're doing this why are you doing anything yeah exactly yeah yeah just yeah you buy yourself that time i mean that being said we we do get monday tuesday off so this is not that that perfect day doesn't happen very often yeah yeah yeah, you also have alternative days yeah yeah i think i think just just yeah having having that time with someone you care about to go and uh, eat and drink and make merry and and just enjoy yourself and and see what see what other people are doing and see how either you could do it better or you're doing it right I suppose sweet thanks for coming on the podcast guys pleasure thanks Thanks very much for having us yeah yeah cheers (laughs) 